Okay. Hit him. Uh, <laughs> okay. Hit it again. Welcome back to the Phase 2 podcast, mm-hmm. the podcast yeah. where we invite guests on and they listen to me and my brother talk. <laughs> um, I'm we a had, great listener. So. We, had, we had a hiatus because of a crazy snowstorm mm. and, and the holidays. Mm. Now, me and my wife were talking this morning over breakfast. Uh, do you think, because, you know, it's global warming, but now we're having this cold snap. Do you think the COVID, you know, with less, we've seen crazy weather this year because, you know, everything got shut down. So we had clear skies in Seoul, a lot of, lot less carbon being released into the atmosphere. Do you think the cold is like a rebound from that? Or do you think it's just like a natural cycle going on? Welcome to Breitbart Conspiracy Theories. <laughs> Wait, so are you saying that our, our guest today, Danny Chun, is part of this cold front coming into mm, Korea? Mm. Uh, or is he part of the carbon that's being released into the environment? Okay, so everybody, I'm just going to continue introducing the podcast. <laughs> no one wanted that one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So today we have a very special guest, uh, very different from our other guests, mm. uh, Danny Chun, mm. straight Thank in from LA, flew in for the podcast. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. our budget's getting, uh, you know, our budget is increasing. Listen. Your people contacted my people, yes, and just things got working, and but just got higher. I'm just, I'm just proud to hear. I'm just proud to be here to represent the the, the civilians, all right, the normal the people, the non-celebrities that yeah. you guys have every it was, day. It's podcast. nice for you to come down from your mansion to to be a, to oh, represent yeah. civilians. Oh yeah, absolutely. The two <laughs> two two story Dorito bag. Yeah, no. Um, I I well, actually think two that, stories in Dorito. Yeah, two stories. That's right. I think you guys are, are in for a treat today because uh, you guys never talk to normal people like me. You know, it's always the celebrities, <laughs> the athletes, right? And I'm here to just represent the commoners, you know, the people that do the dirty work okay. behind the scenes, all okay. right? We'll find out. Yeah, we'll, we'll find, find out. out. We, this is more <laughs> of an interrogation than an interview, so. <laughs> well, Danny, like, honestly, like, thank you so much for, for coming, for giving yeah. us your time. I know you're busy out here, um, you know, doing a whole myriad of things. Sounds like you're just came out here for a little bit of vacation but it sounds like you're working more than you were when you were back home i'm just running away from covid in la <laughs> you know as you guys have heard we're uh wow we're i like, have been hearing <laughs> specifically about california specifically about california about la some i mean people are sharing crazy stats right now but it's just you know when i look when i look back at it i think it was the best decision to really come out here um even though i came out for personal reasons and other sort of business exploration reasons but right. you know i got to meet you guys I mean, this is a dream come true. Mm, I've, right. I've dreamt about this since you know since I was born. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, I, I, I'm I'm really uh, happy to be here. I'm honored because uh, you know I think about the opportunity to talk with you guys, and I got you. I got to know you guys uh, here in the last couple months. Right, and you guys are I think legends here in Korea. Uh, every everywhere we go, they ask, they stop you guys, ask for pictures, autographs. Oh, so, Danny. No, I'm serious. I, I don't know. How, I don't Why know if the audience knows earlier? like how big you guys are or how well known you guys are because in America, actually, we, it's a, it's a, it's a small world, right? Because I, I told some of my friends who I bought with, I was like, hey, you know, there's these two brothers out here um, that, that played KBL and, and played, um, professionally in Korea, they're like, oh, the Seattle brothers? It's like, you guys are known out in LA too. So you guys have, uh, have, a, have a bit of a following, more than the 35 people you, fo- you have following this podcast. <laughs> if we can get those two people to start subscribing and just get the word out. That's right. Wait, do, you, do you know those two people? <laughs> yeah. I, need, I need their numbers. Friend of a friend yeah, of a friend. You have a LinkedIn. <laughs> um, well, so hold on. So before we dive into to all, all this other stuff that's going on, hmm. like, why don't you give uh, our listeners like a little intro, like, you know, where cool. you're from, like, uh, okay. your background, you're Korean, right? 
Uh, yes, I'm okay. Korean. Yep, I'm Korean American. <laughs> Actually, I was born in South America, so I'm Korean Latino. All right. Just Whoa, so you guys know. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not get racist. Right. <laughs> I mean, you no, but we, we we met through mutual friends, obviously, mm-hmm. um, out here because uh, you know you guys are doing the podcast and whatnot. But further, as we kind of talked more, we knew we had a mutual love for motorcycles. Right, 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 right. And then we talked a little bit more. We got into what you guys are doing with your real estate mm-hmm. uh, investment mm-hmm. projects, right? Which is awesome, right? I can't believe you guys are doing all of that all the way from Korea, but I guess that's sort of what we can trying, do now, man, right? Trying, yeah. So, yeah. So we're just here talking about that. And, um, you know, my background is I, I've always been more in the corporate world, um, mm-hmm. worked for an investment bank, corporate bank, and even tried some acting. Along the way. Wow, uh, Hollywood right. or in Korea? Oh, no, it was like small time theater, but you know, we'll, we'll call oh, it. That's we'll cool, call, that's cool. Man. No one knows me, so yeah, big time Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually it was like around 02, 03, where I left my first stint um, in corporate. And uh, I was thinking, dude, I'm in LA, might as well give this thing a shot. Yeah, yeah. And so John Kim, you, your, your good friend, um, you know, he, he also encouraged me and inspired me at that time because he was a, a full-fledged actor and so, I went on a bunch of auditions and ended up actually traveling with a theater company for about a year and doing different commercials and whatnot. I loved no it way. until, you know, all the money ran out. So mm, <laughs> back to mm. corporate, I went. Yeah. But, uh, you know, in the past uh, couple of years, I, I sort of had a maybe a moment, you can call it midlife crisis or mm-hmm. whatnot, but actually it was brewing for many years. And I, I read a lot of books and, and really listened to a lot of podcasts, you know, talking about really, you know, seizing the these sort of motivations you have inside of you, if you, you know, bored at work, if you're not feeling any motivations there, maybe it's a signal that you, there's another calling for your life. And so mm-hmm. that's sort of when I made a full full jump into uh, really taking the real estate investment um, pursuit uh, seriously and, and, and as a full-time venture. So it's like, okay, so you're working corporate, right? And a lot of people have gone that route. My brother went that route. You know, he worked for um, for, a, for a bank in yeah, Seattle was, for a while. Yeah. A bank, yeah. And I think a lot of people, no matter what job or field you're in, you start to get, you start feeling like a little restlessness, right? And you start feeling, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe I've done this long enough. Maybe I need to change. But not everyone acts on those mm-hmm. on those feelings and then actually does a change. So what motivated you to actually take that next step and be like, you know what? I'm feeling this way. I want to do something different. Yeah, I, th- I think it was really more of an existential question. And some, you know, I, I think, you know, obviously everyone's built differently, right? Mm-hmm. And even now being out here, you know, meeting guys like Bobby and, and Danny and uh, Eugene, you know, all these guys that have come from America over here, they had they had probably asked the same question, right? And you guys as well, you guys at, at some point, you, you could have gone pro in the US or really continued pursuing that route, but you guys made that decision say, hey, what's best for me at that moment in time is to try to explore this opportunity uh, abroad. And not not everyone takes those risks those mm-hmm. decisions, right? Um, makes those hard decisions. And, you know, I, I think that's something that's all just an individual decision that, that you have to come to. I still have a lot of friends that are in corporate that hate it and that are just, you know, they can't sort of leave what they call the, the golden handcuffs, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where you've got a- Suckling steady, at the know. teeth. It's nice, <laughs> but it's- uh, yeah, you've yeah, got you've got a really nice salary and, you know, like, Sad stories like Tony Shea, right, the founder of Zappos, who you know, yeah, unfortunately yeah. passed this past year, um, just mm-hmm. remind you this money is really not anything. And I think once you lose the pursuit of really having an impact or, or really 
driving towards your passions, then you do lose a lot of motivation and can kind of veer into the wrong direction. So for me, rather than money or pursuit of money, it was really, what can I do to leave a legacy and not in a form of like, I want to be known, but more for what did I do in life that I could donate or that I could contribute to the society to make it better. So mm -hmm. that was kind of the existential question I had and really but, further. But these are questions that you always kind of had, or this kind of just came out of nowhere. I think while you're in a, you know, in, in your career, whether it's in banking or wherever it is, in the beginning or maybe midstream, you're learning a lot, you're challenged and you continue to pursue it and, and really evolve and, you know, improve yourself. But at some point you might hit a ceiling because I, I think in those moments, it's no longer about improving yourself, but you really ask, what am I doing? You know, who's, you know, whose lives am purpose? I improving? Yeah. yeah. Am I just kind of bettering myself at this point or trying to, you know, have sole, sole, you know, solely gain for myself or how am I impacting others? And if I think if your heart and your, you know, mind is set on really wanting to help others, then you might just find a different, you know, path to go on. Yeah, I think, I think for me too, a lot of it's about personal growth. So anytime you're learning something new, like when you just get into your job or whatever you're doing, there's a lot of growth, there's a learning curve and you, you're trying to get up to speed and it's exciting and you're learning how to do stuff. Yeah, And then a lot of times when you get to like the top Mm -hmm. more senior positions there's not a lot more to learn you're pretty much an expert in your field mm -hmm. and now it's just you just wait and your salary keeps growing a little bit you yeah. know you make deals and stuff but a lot of the big uh excitement of that huge growth is is you gotta kind of like find different outlets for that maybe yeah no absolutely and i think it's what you make of it right i mean it's, it's there's plenty of people out in you know having a a, a career as an employee of a company that love what they do or if not what they love they love their family and they love the the balance of life and the security of having that income mm -hmm. so that they can spend their time elsewhere, right? So it's an individual preference. Like I saw a post by Carmelo Anthony last night, right? And I've always been a fan of his game. And then after he left and started bouncing around, I was really hoping that he'd figure it out and, and kind of turn things around. But it looked like the game had passed him. It looks like he didn't want to adjust, but he still had the fire because you're watching all the stuff where he's out there in the gym, just working just mm -hmm. as hard as ever, right? And then he posted something yesterday that said, it's not work if you love what you do, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, even if he would have never gotten another NBA job, he'd probably still be in the gym doing that, right? Mm -hmm. And so like, you see someone like that who, I mean, he's made tons and tons of money in his career. He's got like mansions, whatever he wants, right? Mm -hmm. But he's still in there grinding out like, like he doesn't have anything. So you see someone who's got that kind of passion, you're like, dude, he's doing the right thing. He's mm -hmm. doing what he loves, you know? Mm -hmm. And everyone, I think, at some level is searching for that. Like these guys, like Carmelo Anthony, found it. You know, obviously, like you were searching, you went through the corporate route, and then now you've gone like into uh, real estate yeah. in this way. And it seems like like you're obviously like figuring that out yourself well, too. Or is this is this the final thing, or do you think it's gonna it's a progression? No, I think it's always an evolution, right? Mm -hmm. I, you know, work is work, but it's what you have sort of your vision set on, right? What's your mission in life? And I think at some point. You know, I'm, I'm always careful about recalibrating continually. And actually these days is weekly mm. to make sure that I'm still on the path of what I set out as my vision statement, right? And so it can, it can veer very quickly. Like there's so many shiny objects mm -hmm. out there, right? And people can make money in so many different ways. And like, oh, there's this, you know, amazing thing called Bitcoin. Tell me more. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> what is this Bitcoin? Yeah, I don't know. I'm it's intrigued. Like, it's like zeros and ones and stuff like that. Yeah. So you can easily get distracted and kind mm. of pulled in different ways. And I think if you don't continually, you know, look back into what 
you what you started your mission on uh, mm-hmm. for, then you you can definitely hear. But for you guys, this is this is a, a this is a question I've always wondered. You guys grew up professionally playing ball. Mm-hmm. Is that like the most incredible like path you you know anyone can ever dream about like playing a sport that you love like we all we drove two hours to go play ball the other day <laughs> we did like because we we love it so much um yeah but is that something that like if you guys could do it for the rest of your life let's say let's say your body is ageless you could do it for the rest of your life is that something you guys would do we actually it's it's interesting that's an interesting question it depends like mm-hmm. if you're doing it on your terms or not because we actually i had uh a year left on my contract when I retired mm. and I was still making, you know, pretty decent money for Korea. And then Eric definitely could have played more in the pro league. And we were just like, we don't want to play under these circumstances, mm. but we still want to, you know, basketball is, 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 is life. Ball is life. <laughs> Ball is life. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think me and Eric are a little bit different. Like, about this we still play obviously mm-hmm. we still play at a high level we 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 eric represents the korean national team mm. for three on three and we play at, before COVID. we were running around the world playing in the international world tour, yeah. mm. world tour events for fiba so three three v three yeah okay which three, is three x three three x oh yeah my bad um americano but yeah i think <laughs> I don't know. I think I think COVID's really shaken that up too because like for like the last six months we haven't even been able to train. But like you so, know, like, like let's say for example Kyrie Irving, right? Like right now I can't understand a guy, right? Like he's on an elite team and he just decides to kind of take his little, um, I guess, I'm break kinda, away from ball. I'm just curious. He's doing a vision quest, man. <laughs> I, I, like, I get it. I think like it's a tough thing. I remember like in the NFL, I think players leaving early and retiring early has been more common than in basketball. Like you don't see a lot of basketball players that are like, you know what? I think I'm just going to walk away. And they always come back, mm-hmm. right? Like Jordan, whoever, right? A lot of football players are like, why is it up to you to tell me when I should retire? When I've had enough, I had enough. Like I've gotten out of the game what I needed. And now I'm good and I'm going to go do something else. And people are like, oh, you had 10 more years. You could have won Super Bowls. You could have done whatever. And then people like they chastise these people for a decision that they're making for whatever they want to do. Mm. You know, like the athletes, like unfortunately, they're on this stage where like millions of people look at them and like, oh, I, if I was you, I'd do this. Where like average people do this, you know, I mean, people just not average people, just people in general make decisions like this all the time. Quit their right? jobs all right. the time. Right, right. You know? And so I think like Kyrie, you know, I hope it's nothing serious. I hope it's not, you know, I hope that he's okay. I hope there's, you know, nothing because no one really knows. Mm-hmm. Like there's literally no one knows what's going on with him. So what's the mindset? Because, you know, even for me, I grew up playing ball and I, I could never make it, you know, professionally, right? Don't say yourself short. <laughs> I, I, I saw the jump shot Hey, though. listen, if I could like, you know, you know, rejigger my uh, birth certificate and, <laughs> and get known by scouts at some point, maybe I had a chance. But no, seriously though, if I could dream of like growing up and playing ball professionally, right? Mm. And, I mean, I used, you guys were probably the same way. Like in high school, like before practice, I'd be dribbling before practice, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. not studying before studying. <laughs> like, yeah, like if yeah. I'm gonna go study, it's just because I've, I've got just the amount of time yeah. to study to like intake something, right? So to be able to play something that you really enjoy, you love, you've got camaraderie of teammates, you've got competition. What is the other side of the equation that someone may not be thinking about to say, this, you know, this is amazing, this is awesome, but this is work. 
and we treat it like work and this is a profession and it may not be all yeah. rosy. Anytime you say put professional in front of anything, it's a job. Yeah. So like just the obligations, the responsibility, it's not just like, yeah, I love basketball. I go down to LA fitness whenever I want. Mm -hmm. It's not whenever you want, you got to do it like on a rigorous schedule, regardless of what's going on in your personal life, your family. So there's a grind. There is a grind and I think it's also the politics, right? How many people like in high school, they're like, oh, it's all politics. And like, you know, it's not really in high school, but yeah, yeah. I mean, when you can compare it to pro and college and stuff. And so I think, you know, all those political things too, whether you might not get along with a coach or a GM or, you know, the owner of the team, I think there's a lot of stuff we probably don't know that's factoring into his decision. Yeah, I think it's like, you know, if I look back and say, you know what? I loved every single day of it. Like that would be a lie. Mm. I can't say that I loved every day of being a professional athlete. Mm. I loved the games. Yeah, the games. Like every sure. game, like I loved every game I played in, but I did not love every practice. Mm. I did not like waking up at six o'clock in the morning. I did not like waking up at five in the morning. Mm. I did not like practicing at 10 after I already had three practices that day. I didn't like living in a dormitory. I didn't like running in mountains. I didn't like getting yelled at by people I couldn't understand. Like. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that you go through as an athlete that, you know, this is part of the job. I think you just yeah. killed the foreigners coming in to play ball in the KBL for... <laughs> no, I mean, like, like, I mean, this was this was in Europe. You know, I had I had Serbian coaches, I had Greek coaches, like, mm. and that were just yelling at me and, and saying stuff. And I'm just like, you know, you want to fight. You're like, you know, you, you have all these... Because you're human, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah. But no matter what job you go into, like my brother said, if you put a professional in front of it, it's a job. Mm. And you go in there and you have to do what you have to do to get the job done. Mm even if you don't like it. Yeah. Because people see the games like, oh man, I killed to play pro sports. Yeah. You wouldn't kill to practice to become a professional athlete, but you would kill to play in the game. Yeah. Just like if you're an actor or a, a banker, like, yeah, you'd kill to live in that mansion, but do you want to stay up all night, like right. trading and doing all the stuff to, that right. it becomes to get the license? Right. Or to be an actor, yeah, I'd love to like win the Oscar and, and date the famous model. Yeah. But do you want to starve and like wait tables for 10 years and yeah. like, right. be, like be broke living on your friend's couch? No. No, for sure. That's why I have so much respect for anyone yeah. that's made it, especially in acting, because that's such a social ladder. But yet, you yeah. know, you got to kind of, as a dude, you got to let your skills kind of shine a lot more, right? You can't, mm -hmm. well, now with the Me Too movement, you can't really yeah. do other ways yeah. to climb the ladder. But yeah, it's no, tough, I, I definitely see that. Yeah, I think like, yeah, me and my brother talk about this a lot. Like, I think patience is a huge thing. Like, do you have the patience to wait for your time? Mm. Like, I mean, I grew up like in Seattle. Like, we grew up with basketball players that were far better than us. We had longer professional careers than them. And to this day, I can't tell you why. The only thing I could think of is that, like, we got lucky. We found a niche opportunity. And we were patient. Yeah. Like, I mean, there was times when me and my brother were both broke. You know, like I tried to become a fireman because I was like, I guess basketball is not going to pay the bills. My brother worked in a bank. Mm. You know, we we looked at other stuff and then on the side, we're like, kind of keep the dream alive a little bit yeah. and then end up working out for us. Mm. But literally it works out for less than it does for the people that, you know, how did I say that wrong? You said it wrong. I don't know what you're trying to say, but I, I think I know what you're trying to say. Yeah, no, you know, it, it, it's a small percentage that finds success. Right. With, yeah. right. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, we grew up with all these guys that were amazing ballers, you know, right. and I'm like, yo, how come we're not playing somewhere? Even right. guys that like from Seattle, like we know a lot of guys that played one or two years in the NBA mm. and then maybe played a couple years overseas mm. and then played in the D League and bounced around and stuff. And, and uh, it's amazing because way more talented guys, yeah. but we ended up having longer, more prosperous careers and you know and a lot of those guys you know it's just it's just hard it's a it's a yeah. it, it's hard to be successful at sports and retire with anything in your bank account well, you sure, know i'm sure you went you like like met people too like that you worked with that were like amazing lawyers or amazing bankers mm -hmm. and then they all of a sudden want to do something else and you're like that doesn't even make any sense you're killing the game you're like yeah. 
this yeah. amazing lawyer like or like you just you know close this huge deal like why would you stop now right i think yeah yeah you know for but then there's there's levels to this right because like to become a professional athlete you you have to obviously be born with certain you know physical it helps characteristics right but your work ethic has to also be there Mm. and you you know there are things like for example if anyone wanted to be a banker there's no physical limitation to be a banker right Mm. there's physical limitations to becoming a professional athlete especially in a in a you know high contact Mm. very athletic Mm. uh, sport right yeah okay archery is a sport but you know you might not need all the physical acumen that you do need in football for example mma or like basketball right so I, i think that's Maybe that's sort of the the differentiator. But even like say like let's take like the the world of bankers, right? There's however many millions of bankers in the world, right? And then there's probably like a top tier of like maybe say like what two to five percent that are fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Those guys. You're talking you're, about Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like if you take the top tier bankers, right? Mm-hmm. In every country around the world, they've never met each other, but I bet you they have something in common. Mm-hmm. And then the average banker, that's just a teller or whatever he is. I mm-hmm. bet you they also have something in common. Yeah. So even if it's not say physical, like oh, all the best bankers world over six, five, yeah. they probably have something in their routine, in their mental sure. makeup or, sure. or their, their discipline that makes them like, if you want to be great, like that's something else. You know, what's interesting too, mm-hmm. these days is that is all this data collection mm-hmm. is actually, and you know, it's, really illegal to be utilizing some of the data to analyze someone's potential, but they have all these uh, data points on on corporate employees, especially for high performing positions. Mm. And they can really determine whether, you know, this person is qualified or highly likely, has a higher likelihood to be in executive management or to be Why don't they do that for president? Um, yeah, right. <laughs> there was a virus that entered the system. <laughs> um, let me ask you this, though. We, Eric was talking about traits. So, for instance, just basketball. What um, what I think about is the game's changed a lot. So, what would have made you in Korean basketball? How we're falling behind where we were once dominant. Do these traits change over time? Because obviously, when we were growing up, study hard, work hard. Yeah. These kind of like old Korean mm-hmm. Confucianist traits. Are, were huge to success. And if you worked harder than everybody, you were probably more successful than sure. everybody. Nowadays, it seems like everybody works hard and now it's more, the more creative you are, the more mm-hmm. yo-yo, the more peace, you know, the more flexible you can adjust, adapt. Like Eric was talking about, Dwayne Wade said, his greatest trait was not his physical, his mental, it was just his ability to adapt to all the different ways the games changed. And, mm-hmm. you know, do you think those traits, the tried and true method of work hard, get a good, study hard, get into a good school, get the good degree and do all that kind of stuff, is that still just the gold standard or is there new skills that that are, that are need to happen yeah, that's, nowadays? Yeah, that's a loaded question, especially with like sky it's very high, loaded, like students. Because I you know, obviously that, have my opinion. <laughs> well, you know, there, there are, there's some basic fundamental roots, right, that you want, you want to teach everyone, hey, working hard, right? And critical thinking, right? And there's mm-hmm. some some aspects that, you know, at, at the base level, successful people kind of have these things. Like Stephen Covey has written, you know, Seven Habits of Highly Successful People, but mm-hmm. there's a number of books. And when you look at the history of like uh, philosophy or religious things, there, there's a lot of repeating themes, right? And it's not always be the smartest. It's a lot of it has to do like be giving, you know, be, be mm. joyful, have gratitude, you know, um, all of these things. But, you know, when I look at today in 
you know, maybe we could talk about basketball and real estate, but like in basketball, adaptability is really important. The games change, the rules change, the, the way that recruiting happens has changed, right? The way mm -hmm. that the international markets have changed, right? You guys obviously are pioneers in that, being able to come out to Korea and really relish, or in Europe, and to relish those opportunities. Not everyone is doing that. They're maybe just in their bubble in their local community. Mm -hmm. Real estate is the same thing. Over the past few years, in the last decade, we've had so many platforms come up, Airbnb, uh, you know, Vacasa, you know, VRBO, so many different platforms that now, if your real estate, you know, property is not working for its purpose in that location, maybe there's another repurposing that can happen. You know, mm -hmm. right now, hotels, a lot of them are struggling, are, are struggling, but they're changing their model to multifamily now. Mm -hmm. And so it's about adaptability. There's mm -hmm. this company called Zeus that does a corporate, um, uh, they, they were like for corporate housing, um, furnished corporate housing, but and Airbnb was an investor. And after you know COVID, it's just all business travel is just shut down, especially internationally. Mm -hmm. So they had to adapt, and now they're adapting more to you know vacation rentals in these locations where people want to be. So it's, it's I think it's all about being able to kind of sense it, sense the times, and be willing to take those risks, right? Because even like Bitcoin, I remember when my friends were investing in it, like, you know, in the early days, and now they're just worth, you know, bazillions of dollars, but it was a big risk, but they had a thesis and they went and they took that, that risk. And if it didn't work out, it could be painful. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they studied it enough to believe that there's a thesis behind this that we can really believe in mm -hmm. and we kind of see it. And, and I think it's the same way. I mean, like, I, I, even like for example, Airbnb. Before Airbnb, there's there was a popular site called Couchsurfing, mm -hmm. right? And it was free, right? You just basically meet people online that are willing to share a couch, literally, right? Or just you know meet you in town. And the Airbnb was like, hey, we can monetize. <laughs> you get this. there and you're like, oh wait, I didn't know you would be sleeping on the couch with me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you'd be watching me the whole time. Yeah, just, I know it's, 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 it could get odd. Creepy, but like yeah. even like Uber. Oh yeah, let's have an awesome idea of having strangers like ride in the back of your car, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, all of these things. I mean, maybe there's enough for hitchhiking now. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. All of these things that came on is like, are you yeah. willing to, you know, take the risk, right? Because you believe that this is a, so, a new. So to land this plane, <laughs> um, if we're talking about like um, like old school values, like work hard and all that kind of stuff good degree and then get a job in the corporate world yeah versus like today you're saying more are you saying like having a a greater um whatever tolerance for risk or yeah i think critical thinking i think is really important mm -hmm. i and think like it, it it sounds like correct me if i'm wrong it kind of sounds like what you're talking about is like the tried and true method i don't think they'll ever go away right yeah but it's changing to some extent right if you go to school and you get a bachelor's degree you'll be able to find a job somewhere but how many of right? us went to college and at least for the first couple of years or so, just literally was lost. And we, we didn't really know, okay, what am I gonna do with this degree or this major? Because they make you choose a major, right? Yeah, like, like for me, like I had to pick something that's not something that I wanted to do. Yeah. It was like, well, I guess my junior year, I gotta pick. Right, so or even the, the college that you went to, right? We, we went to the college, like, well, we, we picked because of basketball. Right. So we were probably like, you know, I mean, it was like these places were recruiting us. We're like, okay, this I have a good chance to to make it pro or to play or to mm -hmm. have a good career. 
and it's a good school, so I'll mm-hmm. get a good education. So I think maybe our college choosing criteria was maybe a little bit different. Yeah, but, but at the end of the day, you know, even even if you weren't going to be an athlete or student athlete, mm-hmm. right? You've got the options in front of you, and you you select oh, yeah, which, yeah, which yeah. colleges you're going to apply to, right? Absolutely. And so you go through the same kind of selection process, right? Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is that that he's like, how much do you know? You don't know shit, right? And like <laughs> even me, literally, the college I applied to is because they sent a magnet to my house, and mm-hmm. the, I, I don't know for some reason the magnet got on our refrigerator. Oh. <laughs> Ended up going to that college. So, they where'd, you, where'd, killing, you go, where'd you go to school? They've been killing it with that magnet. <laughs> There's campaign. too much personal questions. Uh, <laughs> oh. But yeah, I mean, I'm going to the get that magnet. <laughs> yeah, Was it this one? Crazy. <laughs> I, I always thought, like, like college, for example, right? Okay. The degree. I don't mean to cut you off. No, no. The degree but. may not be uh, <laughs> as important anymore, uh-huh. but mm. the pursuit of education. And right. really, you know, working hard towards an education. Like, I think you can I, learn it all on YouTube. Just disclaimer. Oh God, disclaimer you can learn it all on YouTube. Yeah. But you know what's funny is like, uh, when McGinnis and I talked about this, uh-huh. it's like, these days you can learn how to like hammer. You guys, you guys pretty much we like did. renovated your own, like, you know, investment property out YouTube. in Seattle, right? Through YouTube, YouTube you, right? And, and those guys at Home Depot know everything. Oh, dude, they know everything. I, I hope they're making good money. The guys that drive the, the, the forklifts. Yeah, yeah. Because they know everything. I, I just thought like, dude, if I worked at the Gap, I wouldn't know what, where the yeah. cotton came from. For They know like, yeah. all, oh, you're doing this kind of tile work? You're going to want this kind of grout. Yeah, yeah. Like there must be like yeah. a... It, it's like everyone there, like they must either have worked in the field or you, they, they're, they're not just hiring a bunch of dumb people. Mm. They must have like an extensive training course or they're just <laughs> hiring people that were contractors and... I'm, I'm always looking for that older white dude with like yeah. glasses. Uh-huh. <laughs> like he knows he knows where every screw is, racial, where every nail racial is. Profiling, <laughs> racial profile. Absolutely, 100%. So <laughs> he's so probably profiling me. That guy probably doesn't know anything. <laughs> so E, so now we're at the point in the podcast where we have mm-hmm. our little event. E, what did, what did you have? What do we got on deck Uh-oh. today? Uh-oh. We okay. like to break it up. We like to break it up. How many push-ups? Are there- <laughs> Go. The phys- you want to do the physical challenge? <laughs> yeah. Physical challenge. Well, this is the thing. We had, no. we, had, we had a couple different things. We usually break it up here, and you know, um, a lot of our um, friends are interested in, especially from like for for Kyopos, right? Uh-huh. Growing up Korean in the states and coming here, like biggest differences and like things that you prefer or or these type of things is what you know because a lot of people are coming here and they're like, oh shit, you know, I got Koreatown in in. Dallas yeah. You know, yeah. or LA or whatever. And like, obviously the, the K town in LA is the most famous K town. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, let's like talk about like, just basically like, are you we, talking if, about Korea versus LA? Basically the Korea versus LA challenge. And there's, yeah. Yeah. these are not subjective. No, there's this, a right or a wrong answer. Right. This is pretty easy. And you'll be judged. Oh, it's easy. Uh, we'll I'll, I'll say like, okay, I'll, I'll think of, try to think of three things. The first one I'll say crime. All right. Especially like feeling crime. safe. Right. Okay. Is that like even if it's late at night, <laughs> or even if it's like any neighborhood, you know, around Seoul or whatnot, we don't feel threatened ever, mm-hmm. right? Like we think. Okay, but hold on, I don't want to. I don't want. I don't want to do this. But yeah. this is not how the game is structured. Oh my bad. We give you the subjects. You answer the question. <laughs> my bad. Just Eric's straight. just looking at you like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> he's, he's he's hijacking <laughs> our, our. Welcome to my podcast, guys. Listen, <laughs> I want you sitting over there. Yo, All right. I, yo. I need, I need we got hijacked on our game. <laughs> Oh, I'm wait, like, so what am I supposed to answer? Like, how am I supposed to answer? Well, if you let us, Danny, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> e. e uh, it was good knowing you guys. Thank you. <laughs> and that's, um, so E, 
You had, you had a couple, you had like a list of things mm-hmm. that you were going to ask. It's kind of like a oh, speed round. got it, got it. And, okay, got and it. And so Eric yeah. asked you the question. I obviously you, lack critical thinking You here, say yeah. Korea okay. or oh, LA. Got it. And then I tell you if you're correct or incorrect. Oh, perfect. Okay? Perfect. You ready? That's, That's kind of be the first question. <laughs> All right. Let's go Korean barbecue. LA. Incorrect. <laughs> Who, who's the judge here? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, no, it's just we've we've done an You're extensive judge, we've jury. done an extensive survey. Uh-huh. Mm. So um, which is better? It, we've we've pulled all thirteen members of our audience. <laughs> Let's get some comments. But, no, right? no, no, no. Okay, yeah, let's get some comments on this. But the the quality of meat is better in Korea, and that's what that's the criteria we go on. Really? Yeah. And how do you judge that? Well, you judge it by uh, price. Uh huh. And then price. I would say no, I'm just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Price is so much more expensive anyway, out here, right? Anyways, this isn't yeah. for this isn't a negotiation. Oh, my bad. You, my bad. You're wrong. Just this is the last time I'm gonna see me on this podcast. Thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah, what do we got next? Please take All the right. thumbnail. Yeah. <laughs> Korean <laughs> Korean beer. Is it better here or is it better in LA? No, no, I'm sorry, just beer. Just sorry. beer. Just beer. Just beer. beer. beer? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait, wait. oh, LA. LA. Correct. All right. Correct. <sighs> Maybe I have a chance. Wait, are, are you talking about macros or micros? Both. Okay. I, and I'm, and I'm, wide I'm, range of availability. And of course. I'm giving you that. And, and But I will say the Korean microbrew industry is coming up. It's coming up. Would you, would you say that we'll it's the Seattle boys would know of all I'd people. Agree. Leaps I'd and agree. bounds. I'd agree. We're catching yeah. up. Really? Hmm. We got to check one out then. Koreans are quick at catching up, by the way. Oh, they are. Yeah. Mm. They're really good. They're good at copying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is this is kind of a tough one because of COVID. So it's not like, uh, mm. like like drinking culture. Mm. Okay. It's tough because like it's COVID and we can't stay up past nine. But oh, for sure, Korea. Correct. That's good. I would have thought that an LA person would like that whole like going mm-hmm. to the circle and all that kind of stuff. No Is way. Still around? No, no. That's that's New York. <laughs> I just think I just think the criteria here. Is that you can just do it longer? I mean, aside from all the and other you know, things that drive. everyone can 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 yeah. argue about, yeah, just the fact that they have guys that drive your car for you. It's open until mm-hmm. six. You can just do it all night. And I'll I'll say one one other maybe like lesser thought about mm-hmm. point is price and not mm-hmm. price as in uh, the the price differential on vodka and whiskey, but for the most part, people here will drink soju and beer. And, and uh, just accept that as a really good night out. Whereas in America, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for some odd reason, we got to go choose that whiskey bar that charges like eighty dollars a shot, and we, you know, I we got to go pose and position ourselves. No, we we have that here too. We have that here. No, too. but it's not com- It's not as like. <laughs> and I, I will say this. So, so like, what what to 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 your point is that if you want to drink like an average night out, like and have a great night with pojang matcha, soju, mm-hmm. and, and 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 beer. It's way cheaper, mm-hmm. but if you are doing those whiskey bars, it's way more, more expensive, expensive to go yeah. to the speakeasy out yeah. here. Yeah. So, like, why even do it out here? Well, thank goodness, because it's all about the ladies. The ladies well, aren't asking it, for that. It's right? all about the ladies. <laughs> which, it is all about which, the ladies. Which brings me to the next question. Okay. Oh mm. yes, mm. girls. Mm. Korea mm. or LA? All right, I'm gonna I'm I'm oh, lead is... with this and say this: that question has been the most disappointing part of this trip. <sighs> Which is every freaking person wears a mask. So oh, you, don't even. And, you've no, been no, to Korea before. No, no. And, and we're in winter. 
So literally, like, we might as well be in a Muslim country right now because they are covered up like head to toe and you can't see anything, right? And indoors, out there, and and we can't go anywhere indoors. And even when you're indoors, you got to keep the mask on. Okay, but we're not talking about this trip. You've been here before COVID. On an absolute basis. Just stop trying to dodge the Mm. question. Mm. I'll say LA. Oh, wrong. Oh, that's wrong. Oh, that's a wrong answer. That's a wrong answer. By the way, you can't get variety out here. So I'm not sure who's answering this question. Oh, no. But we're talking about. Just Koreans? Koreans. Oh. Oh, well, okay. How do you compare, you know, 50 million versus... I guess that is a hard, that like is a hard one, question. Like, if, if you, I guess if variety is your... your Spice of life? If, if that's what you're going for... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's a tough one. Because there was a right or wrong answer. But if you are going outside the, mm. the bounds, mm. you would have to be right. But... I guess I'll just hijack this podcast now. Gosh. Mm. Mm. Hey, what do you think about that? Are we going to allow it? Let's go to the judges. It's tough. I think we're gonna have to disallow that one and say it's the wrong answer. <laughs> we're gonna still keep with it. You're still wrong. You're still wrong. I'm batting like thirty percent right I, now. And another thing is like, first of all, you got to go population. Mm. Plus, you got to go how many plastic surgery places are on every yeah. corner. So yeah. like, if it's if it's broke, it's fixed. But it's already talk been about fixed. plastic surgery. That's another point. Is that here? Literally, uh-huh. like, I think they say Brazil might uh-huh. be like. The, the I think they are number one, world, right? But but they're here, not doing as extensive work. Well, that's the thing. You they? they've gotten so good now. <laughs> literally, it's like you know how like before you could tell when the girl gets like the the eyelid surgery. Oh, like you the can't eyelid. even tell. Man. You can't even tell. But even if you could tell, it's almost like the the one that's been done is like the more accepted one now. No, no, no. I, I was talking to somebody about this. Before it was all about trying to look natural, mm. but it's like it's like having a Louis Vuitton bag that doesn't say Louis Vuitton on it. Yeah. Then nobody says anything. Mm. It's almost like they want to do it slightly, like a little bit outrageous. Like mm. you wanted bigger eyes. Now they're making them like saucer eyes, like mm. just so that you know it's like, hey, that, that makes me. That reminds I'm me of luxury. we were down in uh, Dominican Republic uh, on one of our many foreign escapades, and we were we were, we, we were in Cabarete. Mm. And then we, shout out to our Dominican yeah. listener mm. and we met we met a DJ down there right and he had like the Chris hottest Dan. the hottest chick mm. right and we were like yo like you're down here man all these beautiful girls man like isn't the girl kind of plastic he's like no he's like she's perfect he's like because she wasn't perfect before she had surgery and then now surgery has made her perfect mm. what, what, what amazing wisdom and, and, and like i remember at that time i was like what do you mean man i was like perfect no nah, well, i think we were drunk and we were like christian you're so wise <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but now it makes hmm. sense uh, hmm. all right last question on our career versus la like round here because i've noticed you know you're a pretty like fashionable fashionable guy you got good like sense good style i don't know he was hmm. kind of shitting on my fashion earlier really? so what, could, what does that say and, and by the way <laughs> i'm living question. the life of minimalism out here i literally brought like two jackets two pair of pants you do wear the like same thing t-shirts. every time i've seen you that's all i bought that's all i'm surprised as you long as you're showering because he, he he brought like a you didn't bring a warm jacket and i'm surprised you haven't bought one which is but i'm it, trying my best to be minimalist but either way fashion mm. la or korea oh, oh that's a tough one you ready you ready with the buzzer yeah yeah because yeah. he's definitely gonna yeah, yeah. He's, that's yeah. a tough one you know what i i'm i will give that one to korea yes that is correct. That's mm. a correct. That answer. is correct. Can I just get the buzzer anyway. <laughs> that is correct. I mean, because we, we have to go law of average. We have to go like law of averages. Mm. Korean people are well put together, well mm. dressed, even yeah. if they all do wear pretty much the mm. same trends and yeah. they fall. LA, I'd say we have more individualism, but it's such a. There's people that 
you know, just sloppy sweats and mm -hmm. in barbecue stain and, and, yeah, yeah. and slippers. Right. There's Mom, a lot of those. Momcore, normcore. Yeah. yeah. You won't see those guys walking around the mall. No. Yeah. No. So. No. Because no, better put it, together. In America, it's almost like you'll, you'll walk around, you'll see, in LA, you'll see like people that are really well put together. Right. And, and everything. And then right next to that person, you'll see a guy that is probably on the same financial, you know, echelon. They live in the same neighborhood, mm -hmm. but the guy wears, you know, he's got it pizza like stains. Yeah. Yeah. Like, People in Korea, everyone is very aware of how they look and what how they present themselves. So the people are always like well put together. There's no moo-moos in Korea for sure. But the, the one thing Not though sure. is you won't see like a lot of individualistic style out here. No. Which you will see a lot in LA. People, mm -hmm. if you're a skater, you're, you know, like, or whatever, you're mm -hmm. punk or you're whatever, yeah. even goth. Right. Or, right. Whatever. But here, it's just, I feel like it's manners. Like you don't want to look just like unkempt when you walk out of the house so for your fashion brand prism yes mm. yes what's the target audience that you guys are going after well initially when we started our our brand um we were thinking more of like just like athletic people like more of like an athleisure type thing where you could have something comfortable to wear you could go train in it or you could just you know wear it around so, so probably like, like a nike lululemon type you know segment. yeah like i mean i mean honestly it's across the board it'd be for like People probably between like their like late teens to early fifties. Kind of like like what we're thinking is like because you know it, it's it also ties in with uh, a lot of the stuff that we do with our with our team that we 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 go out and represent and play in a lot of tournaments and mm. we just at first we just wanted our team to look dope when we walked in the tournaments because yeah. it's just cool because like you got teams from all around the world right. and they're all sponsored and. We just want to look. We fresh. just want to look cooler than them, especially when you go to Japan. Those yeah. Japan guys, they always got the the coolest sneakers. Yeah. They got all that, and and it's hard for us to shop in Korea. Mm, and then uh, right. now it's more like kind of like our I don't want to say fear of God and put us in that thing, but you know, mm. like the essentials where it's just stuff you can just feel comfortable in, yeah. but still cool. Not yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah, I mean, like honestly, like, like it's kind of like that. When we first started, we weren't even thinking in, about selling it. Yeah. We were just like, we just want to look dope. We want our, our instructors, um, our teammates, like us just to look fresh when we're going to tournaments or when we're, you know, doing camps or coaching kids. And then, you know, people started kind of seeing it and we're like, yo, it's kind of dope, man. You know, what's up with the, the kids here? want the merch now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you guys like, like up in the sales uh, stack with Big Baller brand right now? <laughs> I mean, we don't even, to be honest, we don't even sell it. We just outfit our team because mm. we have a team of instructors. We got a team of our players, our Hubes yeah. that play with us in mm. these tournaments. And, uh, but through a lot of our basketball camps and a lot of the kids are like, where do I get the socks? Where do I get this? Where do I get that? I mean, that? Danny, it's like this. I hate, I hate to say it, but. Depending on how many views we get on this podcast, mm. we might be able to send you like a tracksuit. Uh -oh. Listen, so I can uh, represent. So I mean, I can represent. I don't. I don't well, want to say the pressure's on. Uh, here's but. what we do: we give him one sock up front, mm -hmm. right. one mm -hmm. sock, and we give him the other sock, just mm -hmm. depending on depending on the performance. Listen, <laughs> that's gonna double my sock count here that I have in my wardrobe out here. So I, I'll I'll take it. All right. All right. Well, I want to ask you guys about your basketball program. So okay, did you guys transition directly from pros? to starting that program no yes did, it was a very slow <laughs> transition I, I guess i guess you could say it was like super slow about three years how did that come about <laughs> no so honestly so we, we retired right and we're like man fuck basketball that i don't want, live our I, dreams i, I don't i don't want to do i don't want to have shit like i don't want like we All lived right. in a dormitory for fucking 10 years yeah, yeah. people yelling at it. you You're i'm done, done. i don't want to fucking see a basketball i don't want right. to be a part of it i don't uh -huh. want to coach so my brother went to fucking south america uh-huh 
the land, the, the land that uh, did some ayahuasca and where, some where you were born in Mexico? <laughs> no, no, Paraguay. And they smuggled you over the oh, Rio yeah, Grande. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh. We're swimmers. We're a swimmer family. <laughs> yeah. So like oh, my brother Paraguay. went. I know you know, people. he went on a, like a year long like walkabout vision quest. You know, mm. I I went here and I I I went to Yonsei to learn Korean. You know, and then uh, after that, we kind of started like doing some tournaments, kind of doing some other projects and kind of seeing maybe this is what we want to get into. Mm. We dabbled here and there. And then uh, last year, we kind of like kind of went full steam ahead and started uh, going into like some of the foreign schools, uh, the international schools here and then doing more camps and then kind of like starting the program to help kids. Mm. How are the kids here versus like, you know, the kids back at home in terms of like their intensity level and their like vision to become pros? It's it's a different thing out here. Like in the States, like wherever you go, public school, private school, wherever, the kids can have an idea that they want to go to college or become a pro. And that's a achievable dream. Out here, like it's two different like ways. You're either amateur or you're elite. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a different thing. Like the elite kids are like on that path track already. They're going to this high school, this college, and they're on the track to become pros. Got it. The amateur kids are going a different route where they enjoy basketball, but it's not going to take away from the studies. And is that the crowd that you guys are working with mostly? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we, the, I feel like the elite kids too, uh, it's it's such a different niche and, and they're controlled. For instance, Eric was going to train one of the, the centers. Uh, and then his coach said, no, he's like, mm. I, I only want you to know what I teach you. I don't want you learning that American mm. stuff. And then, mm. you know, possibly it's like back in the day when Yao Ming had that, that argument, you know, and then they were like, you have to do the Chinese system. And he was just mm. like, he kind of like spoke out against the, the team mm. and then the, they all came down on him. Mm. And so it's, it's a lot more freedom and it's a lot more fun to work with like the amateur kids at this level. Because mm. it's like, honestly, like when we started our, our company, our idea was like the reason that we started playing basketball and the reason that I'm still playing was the experience that we had in pro is it, it became your job. Like most jobs, you know, that's the way you earn your money. It's the way how you put food on the table. It's how you support yourself. And then when something you love becomes a job, all of a sudden, like the, the desire, the love, like the, the feelings that you have when you started mm -hmm. become different. And so we needed to kind of step away from basketball because at the end we weren't like, man, I love this game, man. This is awesome, man. Like even the games, you know, we weren't playing that much. Mm -hmm. It was just kind of like, I think I'm ready to move on to something else. Those you know, the politics you guys were talking about too. Yeah, I mean, and we were old, and you know, I mean, to be honest, like my last year, like, I don't know what I could have done to help the team. Honestly, like mm -hmm. the guys that were ahead of me, like yeah. they were better than me. So I mean, it wasn't mm -hmm. a bad decision to play them. You, you know, guys could have outfit the team at least. Could have, right? But yeah. they didn't fucking ask, bastards. Yeah. You know, so like we, we, we made that transition into this and then we're thinking like, you know what, like, like I started like playing in like the Tawanti stuff, the amateur leagues and all this kind of stuff. And like, I saw these guys and how much fun they're having. Mm. And I was like, that reminded me of, of me and my brothers going to the park and playing and just having fun. What's, what's the, the Tawanti league? It's like the amateur leagues out here. Like, it's like a club. Like your, your they call club. it twenty, like a circle. They'll, they'll like translate it in English, and they'll be like, "Yeah, my basketball circle or oh, my yeah, this." Yeah, yeah. like and, in Japan, it's a, the same it, thing. It's a club, it's a club though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like, like these little clubs mm. are. There's way more people that play club basketball than play pro basketball. Mm. And so we went to this tournament. It was massive. I was fucking shocked. There was like thousands of people out of this tournament, and I was like, "Yo, it's kind of dope," you know. Wow. And they started playing three x three, and it was a similar thing. And I was like, yeah. "Yo, this is fun. It's yeah. fun again," you know. Yeah. And then from that. I was, we were kind of thinking like, man, like if we can put that idea into kids and like say, look, you, if you become pro, it doesn't matter. Mm. Like sports can teach you something that classroom can't. 
you can learn sportsmanship, teamwork. You can learn pressure, how to deal with pressure, uh, how to like set goals, how to achieve goals. And like all these essential things for life mm -hmm. that you learn without having to teach like today we're gonna learn, we're gonna learn about right. perseverance. Right. You know, right. You, you guys got your notepads yeah, ready? Yeah. Right. You just learn it. And so we kind of had that idea and then that's kind of how our programs like started. Yeah, that's dope. And it's and I know it's hard because like in, in LA I've I've worked with my friends on trying to help their business for the mm -hmm. indoor futsal league right, um, and to try to you know run programs and you got to run a clean ship. I mean, for all the kids to enjoy it, you got to make sure that the program's oh, running. Hard. There's like, a lot to it. Yeah, There's so much. It's to not it. just showing up and, and you got to manage the parents. No. Like it, I mean, exactly. it's, it's a whole it's a whole thing. It's difficult. Right. I mean, so big props to you guys for doing that. Yeah, I mean, and you know, because like, like you're saying, you know, you've, you've done stuff in L.A. with the futsal leagues. It's, it's the reward is great because you see these kids that, mm -hmm. you know, if you weren't doing something like this, like who would be teaching them? Would they have this like this platform to go right. out there and do what they oh, want to do? You know, and like we had these opportunities when we were younger. Right. We didn't know the guy that set up our YMCA league. Right. You know? right. But I thank you right. because if he wouldn't have set up that league for the we you know we had whatever ugly uniform we were wearing. <laughs> You know, we wouldn't yeah. be here talking about right. this and trying to do it for the next generation. And we could probably say those were like the most formidable, like developmental. Yeah. Like, man, those you know, those those old games, those yeah. YMCA games were so lit, man. Yeah, yeah. You just I, like you wait all week. Oh yeah, to yeah. go. I mean, yeah. I mean, you guys probably played indoors. I was when when I first came to America. We're in New York. We're playing outdoors in like Ouch. every kind of weather. Yeah. Every kind of like. No, no, no. We we know. we played outdoors in Seattle, and it rains nine months out of the year. So mm. we were out there getting i don't think a lot of korean parents would like that just playing in the rain you know no, mm. i remember when we first came out here like you'd see people walking around with umbrellas and they're like well, you can see how you guys don't have umbrellas i'm like i never i don't think we ever owned an umbrella yeah mm. they never because used them in seattle no one was worried about the rain work yeah. and everyone had to like oh don't let the yeah. rain hit your head shower time right yeah, yeah i was like, man, we just, like man that makes us stronger man <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, was, it was it was different for sure yeah but dope. now sports is like a really important thing. You know, I think that you can attest to that too. It's like, I mean, just the other day we drove two hours in the, Dude, in the snowstorm to go play. That was crazy. And it's like, it's, it's, it's been an important part of our life for a long point in time. And I think anyone that loves a sport, whatever sport it is, mm -hmm. like you should play it as long as you can. hundred percent. Because it's just, it's fun. It, the, the value that it gives you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's switch gears just a little bit. We got no. we got a little bit of time left. No actually, switching gears. Actually, I wanted like this to be half of our podcast. So we got three hours left. So we, All right, let's switch gears. We got thirty right seconds. <laughs> so now I want to switch to our master master class portion. Mm. So and, where's the master? So you're our master. <laughs> it's your podcast. Right? I can share uh, my opinion. You're, you're the master expert. Um, so I think what we're talking about being 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 pro, I worked briefly in finance and obviously I didn't like that job um, and I, I'm not doing it anymore. But as an amateur, I love my E-Trade account. <laughs> you know, I make a little money, I'm like, you. There you go. We made, made a couple grand. Um, Damn. Ball. So when when the the pandemic hit, you know, and everything, mm. and then I think a lot of people are looking for opportunities because all anytime there's a crisis, there's always opportunities. And you right. see the market is doing good, Bitcoin's doing good. Yeah. There's parts sections of the real estate market that are doing good right um so i mean what 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 happened when when this thing hit where you're like bing 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 let's look for something where yeah. what were the red flags going up well you know actually uh my partner and i we were in two deals uh we were in process of closing on two deals mm -hmm. and this was in february where we entered into contract on the first one these are like commercial real estate deals yeah, uh, apartment buildings okay yeah and so 
boom, March comes around. And March is around the time when it really gets serious in LA mm -hmm. where you know, we're really shutting down and whatnot. And all the other states are starting to feel the impact. And we had to go back to the sellers and say, I don't know if we can you know, move forward with this deal. And what right. were they saying? Well, they were, they were concerned as well. Everyone was concerned in March, uh -huh. right? Of so course. for them, you know, we were buying a property where they were actually, you know, somewhat like cash flow negative. Mm -hmm. So they were bleeding every month and, you know, it's workforce housing, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's, it's lower rents. So, you know, you've got to deal with that sort of tenant class. And plus people were worried about that tenant class keeping their jobs, mm -hmm. right? You know, restaurant workers, um, hotel, you know. Well, didn't employees. they get all get off the hook where they didn't have to pay rent for a while? depends on the state and, and no, depends on no the city eviction. That that's in. what happened to us yeah, in Seattle. yeah. so it, you know all of that situation is still kind of murky right because we're still extending more to, uh, eviction more terms etc but at that point in time the so we were trying to analyze everything soup to nuts mm -hmm. like a to z like what happens if this happens what you know what do we do if this happens mm -hmm. so eventually what we ended up doing was we ended up moving forward with the transaction because wow we, we did get a little bit of a discount look at the like balls a, on dan like a COVID discount mm -hmm. um but in our minds we were thinking in every moment in time there's always going to be risk mm -hmm, and it really depends on how you can box that risk and say okay it, you know within a uh, let's say um a range right of what what can go down what we call base case and best case can we can we manage mm -hmm. so even if if we get to a base case in our in our business plan are we able to are we able to sustain this for mm -hmm. a certain number of years and mm -hmm. we felt comfortable we could and that's what we moved forward with it once we did that uh, then the second transaction we're thinking you know what Let's let's go for the stars. Just roll right? it, yeah, man. Just keep rolling roll it. it. Keep rolling it. Get right? rich or die trying. <laughs> <laughs> we can die trying. This is our life. Uh, so we ended up doing it, and um, over the past year, we just basically operated, you know, like every day, just making sure that things are going well. And you know, right now, both are on the market, and we're pretty much going to do an amazing return on them. So wow. Throughout that Amazing. time, you know, you got to just weigh the odds. Every single day, you know, there's risk. And, and our motto is that, you know, great deals are, are not found, they're created. So we're like, mm -hmm. we got to make deals happen. And we sort of talked about this as well, because, you know, in America, the beautiful thing about real estate is that there's so much leverage you can you can get, mm -hmm. right? You, and if someone's willing to give you, you know, four out of five the four out of five dollars for, for mm -hmm. your investment why not go for it right and so it's it's like the leveraged you know returns are something that i i think i don't think you get in a lot of other countries out there oh you definitely don't so, get that in korea that so me and my brother are kind of talking about this on the way over and we're like is real estate a side hustle because now like when people are kind of like looking at this stuff like everyone wants to get into real estate mm -hmm. yeah, i'm getting my real estate license i'm doing this i'm doing that people mm -hmm. want to get in right mm -hmm but they don't know how. So they're looking on the internet, looking at YouTube and be like, right. oh, like my buddy, this YouTuber or this Instagram person did this, so I'll do the same thing. Right. If they're gonna think of real estate as a side hustle, yep. how would you suggest people get into real estate? So similar thing happened, I think in 09, hmm. well, yeah. during the yeah. financial crisis where a lot of people kind of lost their odd and they, you know, they, they were looking at different career paths and right. real estate is always a little bit of like kind of that de facto, you know, mm. fallback. Mm. And the reason is because people are looking at the dollars, right? And say, oh, if I can make, you know, X percentage of the sale of this property, geez, 
I mean, that one transaction could be one month's worth of you know income at my current job, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think they look at it that way, but it's like with anything, it's like saying, oh, I saw Tom Cruise make 20 million on this movie. I think I'm gonna get into acting, right? right. You know, they only see sort of the, the shiny object, um, you know, at the end of the tunnel, but real estate itself is a really, really difficult industry in terms of succeeding, right? And you can tell because in 07, 08, during that crash, people thought it was so easy to make money on real estate and they weren't investing or buying things with fundamentals. And same thing with stock market right now. I think, you know, and this is a debatable, you know, uh, discussion. I, I am no expert in the stock market at all. But, I'll debate you. <laughs> but, you know, there are, there are signals uh-huh. that say, you know, we've printed a lot of money, not just in America, but the ECB, um, the JCB, like these first world countries have been printing money and now they've got to place that money somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. And so you just start seeing these asset bubbles coming up everywhere. And that's why it's really hard for me even right now to find a good deal because all of the assets are being so uh, you know, immensely propped up mm-hmm. with the amount of liquidity in the marketplace. And I think we're masking a lot of fundamental issues that's, that's out there. Yes. So for, yes. So for the, the people that are looking like, you know, COVID hit everyone hard, and they're looking for something to do on the side, would you recommend to the average person out there that is now looking for something else to do as a side deal, or perhaps maybe that side deal becomes their main deal later, would you recommend real estate as something they should take a look at? Uh, you know, over the past few years, I think my mind or sort of my belief has changed more to rather become generalist, become specialist in anything you do. And whether it's you, you're gonna become a doctor, a lawyer, whatnot, I think specialists always kind of do the best, they, they thrive. Mm-hmm. And so if you're gonna dabble in something, uh, you know, I, I think it just, it really depends because it's input in, input out, right? It's how much you put in is what, you're, what you typically get out and nothing is like an easy ride. And now if you think about the number of people that are actually out there doing real estate, and you're competing against these hedge, uh, these um, private equity funds that were typically in equities, and now they're coming into the single family market and buying up, you know, thousand, you know, unit portfolios. You've got a much broader competition out there, and you got to really know what you're doing. Mm. And you know that's why I think people are shifting and looking at different ways to monetize, whether it's short term rentals, um, medium term rentals, et cetera, because they're looking at different ways to um, accelerate their their income. But it's I think you got to really learn the craft. And if, if you're a quick learner, anyone can do it. You know, mm. it's definitely anyone can do it, but it's just a matter of, you know, opportunity cost for the amount of time you're gonna invest to learn this thing. You're taking away from learning other things or dedicating yourself to your And day job. you're dedicating also like a lot of your hard earned uh, cash. Like if you're, mm-hmm. if you're investing in something, it's really easy to get an E-Trade account and just put whatever excess money you have in, in the market. And, and you can get it out anytime and, and you And you can get it out anytime you want. And then, if say you have a hundred thousand dollars of it just saved, right? Mm-hmm. To to do it into into real estate, it's a lot. And then it's like, what what niche am I going for? Mm-hmm. Am I you know? Yeah, and and people got to remember too. It's um, you know, we we talk about leverage. When you lever your your investment, well, you also leverage your life. So that's going to have downstream impacts because now you've got this big mortgage it's hanging over your hanging head, on yeah. you know on your on your credit profile, right? And so let's say you want to go buy a car, you want you know you want to get a loan on on some education. Well, you've got a big debt load, mm-hmm. so you better make sure you've got the debt to income ratio, you know, at that right. point. So then maybe for our listeners like this, like if because like a lot of people might be thinking like I'm gonna jump into real estate, you know, dabble here, dabble there, 
But if they don't want to like do that and they want to get an E-Trade account and they can dabble here, because then like you said, you can you can put X amount of dollars in and like take it out at any time. Mm-hmm. Where in real estate, a lot of people see the big returns and they're like, oh shit, like my boy, mm-hmm. right? And my mm-hmm. boy's roommate just made tons of bread on this flip. right? And they mm-hmm. think that they can do that with 300 bucks, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or a thousand bucks, whatever they have, right? Yeah. So if they're not going this way, in your experience, if you're going to rank the top five side hustles mm-hmm. out there mm. for what people like, what you would kind of push people to that aren't looking to jump in and do what you're doing or take an active interest into this. So side hustle, like they, they've got their career or they have their primary mm-hmm. you know, occupation mm-hmm. and starting on the side. Uh, I, I would definitely, you know, encourage people to look into real estate investing, right? Uh, because there are so many resources out there that'll teach you, uh, including like, I've got a website called the real, uh, the real workshop.org, which what? just, you got your own website. Yeah. And you guys, well, are how am I just it, learning about this? Um, no, it just started. Right. Okay. So it just launched this year, uh-huh. but I'm journaling our, our, um, our journey in real estate, as well as, uh, we, we also have coaches, we have, uh, uh, life and business coaches, and we're kind of putting all of that learning online mm, all for free. So really to help people, um, in their path, right. In their life path. Um, and so it's all for free. We're not asking for anything and it's just purely just to help others. And that's kind of a life mission that we have through this uh, vehicle. And so, I, I just think like, you know, people can really learn that aspect of it and easily get into pass what we call passive investing in real estate mm. um, where you can buy a property and hire a property manager have them do everything right we, we compare that with active investing which mm. is something what maybe what you guys are more into right now right which is you know you've got uh, amazing properties here in the beverly hills of korea and you got property out in the u.s and you guys are looking at optimizing that okay mm. what's the best you know next step that we want to take here right and now you guys are becoming active investors where you're going to really you know do do your management of it on a day-to-day basis, you know, that's a career in my opinion. Um, and to get really good at it, you got to really focus on it. So maybe like say that website one more time. Cause I mean, if people are looking to get into real estate, this would be a good way for them to jump in, get mentorship and then get some information because mm-hmm. a lot of people out there, like maybe they have a, like, you know, inheritance or they, they got a windfall mm-hmm. of whatever it may be. And they're looking to do something with it. Yeah. Cause like a lot of people look at the bank account and they're like, damn, I got some money. I don't know what to do with it. Right. And then slowly by slowly they whittle away at it by, you know, whatever the car note or yeah. whatever happens. Right. Mm-hmm. If you have a lump sum, you should probably do something with it before you spend it. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe if you could say that website one more time. So and then... it's, it's the real workshop.org. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's, we're, we're not coming off as like we're mentors or we're, you know, gurus, not at all. This is strictly a journal. Um, mm-hmm. that we're sharing with people in terms of- What you guys are doing yeah. or your path. Right, and, and real just stands for real estate and life, right? Mm-hmm. It's just basically how we've got to this because both of us in our, in, you know, are in our 40s now and we, we, we did have those existential questions and mm-hmm. sort of where, where do we want to lead our path you know, into the next phase of life? Like you guys have um, Second Wind Podcast and yeah. you guys got this one, right? And really journaling your next phase, right? And meeting mm-hmm. incredible people along the way, sharing your journey, um, hearing their stories. So I think that's you amazing. Talking about, are you talking about yourself? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm talking about you guys. You guys, I'm really impressed with what you guys have done and what you guys are doing. And it's incredible. I think like maybe people don't mm-hmm. realize at, you know, to the extent of, you know, how, how, what, what other things you guys got going on in your life. And I think it's amazing for you guys to expose it through this podcast so that, um, you know, people see like the incredible things you can do and hopefully they join mm-hmm. your journey as well. All right. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. Well, shit. 
Well, can we get some sounds? I really, <laughs> what I really wanted to do was do our second event, but I mean, we just got, kept going and going mm. and kept. Uh, this this probably could have been done better over over a beer in a in a conference. Well, Eric stage. had to feel good. <laughs> Eric beer. had to yeah, feel good. Yeah, but there, there was no carbonation left. Come on. So how how much longer are you going to be in Korea? Uh, I leave in a couple weeks. Okay. And so then I come time. back in about a month, a month and a half. Glad to have you back, man. Yeah. You know what's funny is I'm just realizing, and you guys, uh, you guys live <laughs> in the U.S. too, like back and forth, right? Kind of, yeah. Well, before Depends COVID, before COVID, we yeah. were, you know, back and forth doing stuff here in Miami and yeah. Hawaii, Seattle and stuff. But yeah. damn, world traveler and the Dominican Republic. <laughs> no, 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 no. Dominican was, uh, <laughs> that was, that was <laughs> pure business. Oh, oh. <laughs> that was less business in, in a previous life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 man. Um, no, but I mean, yeah. If you got time, maybe we should definitely have you back on. I mean, like, if you if you got time, it was a uh, very interesting. Obviously, like. Like everyone out here, we, we need always... to have him back on so we can get into what we had in our notes. Right. Uh, <laughs> before, before we started. That's how it always works. Before so. I hijacked your uh, podcast. Right. right. Yeah. No, this was awesome time. Yeah. We should definitely dig deeper. I mean, podcast or not, yeah, dig yeah. deeper into For the sure. project you guys got going. And maybe there's something we could do together as well. Well, definitely. yeah. Um, well, that's been our episode of, I don't even know what episode we're on, but we're um, down the road, bro. We're down the Let's road. Let's make this number one. You know? <laughs> but we definitely. In the future, to love to have you back so you can hijack our uh, podcast one more time. Um, the amazing Danny Chun. Danny Chun! All right, we'll All catch right. you guys next time. Bye.